0: Hey, welcome to The Centre Podcast. We're a church based in Dural, Sydney, who love Jesus and want to share the message of hope that he brings for all people. We pray that you're blessed by this word and that it reveals God's love for you in a new way. Enjoy. So, Mitch, how's it going? Oh, I'm
1: doing very well. How's your first week at the centre officially been? (laughs) It's been fantastic. Um, I guess in many ways it hasn't been a baptism of fire. It's been a baptism of slow leak, which has been good just to get to meet people slowly. And this is why we're doing this format, because normally I would be visiting people. We would have had a big luncheon last week. People would have got to know me. And so this is a chance for you guys at home to get to know a little bit more. About your new pastor. So
0: good. Well, let me quickly pray for us and then we'll get into it. So God, I just thank you so much um, that we can do this this morning, uh, despite all of the sort of extraneous situations that are going on in our world. God, I just um, want to pray uh, for Mitch right now, as we unpack uh, this passage, that Lord, your spirit would be speaking through him. Lord, I pray uh, for our congregation joining us um, from their homes this morning, that they would, um, yeah, just really get a lot out of this this morning and uh, would be encouraged and inspired to send through any questions that they might have as we open up 1 Thessalonians 4. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, Mitch, why don't we
1: start with you uh, reading the passage to us so we kind of know what we're looking at before we start unpacking it. (laughs) So this is from the ESV version. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 from verse 13. It's the coming of the Lord. But we do not want you to be uninformed, brothers, about those who are asleep, with um, the voice of an um, archangel and with the sound of the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first, and we who are alive, who are left, will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will always be with the Lord. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. This is the word of God.
0: All right. So I suppose the first question would be this kind of series moving forward is, is Mitch's favorite passages.
1: Why, Mitch, is this one of yeah. your favorite passages? Okay. So, as a kid, I guess I always had a sense of death being unnatural. Mm. Um, it always feared me, it always gave me this sense of it's not right. And it sounds very silly now, speaking about, but as a child, I had two goldfish. Blackie and Spotty, and you can guess what they look like. I've got a real clear picture in my head. One was a black goldfish, one was a spotty goldfish. And Anyway, one one day Blackie died, and it just cut me. I was probably five or six years old, and I just cried, and we dug a grave and put a little cross there for him in the garden. And I'd been to church. I knew the Christian faith, and there's this sense in me that perhaps one day Blackie will come back to life. And as a kid, I lost both my grandfathers at an early age. And at the funerals, everyone spoke about how this isn't the end, that this is just sort of like a temporary thing that one day we'll be reunited. And I remember I was probably about 10 or 11, and I was actually reading through my Bible, and I came to these passages. Actually, I read all the way to the end of chapter 5, mm. and these words just struck me. I was like, wow, we're going to be resurrected one day. Wow, Jesus is going to come back. I didn't Understand the complexities of it, of the second coming of Jesus, but I knew that there was hope. Yeah. And so I was so moved by these words. I actually got a bit of paper and wrote them down and stuck it next to my bed. And these were the words of scripture that I actually quoted at my baptism when I was 16. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's been, these births have been part of my life for yeah. a, a long time now. Yeah, lots of kind of little moments along mm. the way where mm. it's
0: kind of given you comfort. That's yeah. really cool. So, for, you know, all of these moments, I assume, you know, engaging with this verse as a five-year-old, as, as a 10-year-old, you know, again again, you're probably coming at it in a slightly different way and it's it's forming you differently. How has this verse for you throughout your journey sort of shaped your theological views and, and beliefs? Because,
1: I mean, it's a pretty heavy verse for a five-year-old to be reading. a uh, 10-year-old, oh, 10-year-old, <laughs> 10, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, As I said, I, I always had this sense that death it wasn't natural Mm. and as i've gone to college and particularly having a child like asher who was so close to death a number of times Mm. it's made me really reflect upon why do we strive to live Mm. now now if we take a i guess a atheistic position a kid like asher what value does he add to society he stuffed up heart cerebral palsy, Mm -hmm. when he was in hospital and when he went into cardiac arrest and we had this team of 20 doctors and nurses trying to save his life. It's part of me thinking, like, this is because we're intended to live. Mm -hmm. God's intention wasn't for us to die and go to heaven to be with him. God's intention was for us to live as humans. Mm -hmm. And so we'd fought tooth and nail. And Asher himself fought tooth and nail to survive. And so for us as Christians and and for for my faith, this is something that I really grasp onto tightly Mm. because to be human is to be resurrected one day. And Mm. so, yeah, a passage like this reminds me that, yeah, we can grieve, we Mm. can be terribly upset, but it's not the end because one day we'll be resurrected. Mm. And so that's part of the, I guess, the the shape of me is that I try to live a life, a resurrected life, Mm. knowing that everything I do, it's ultimately for Jesus, but ultimately one day, everything I love about this world, mm. it's going to be restored one day. Yeah.
0: Huh? I think it is something that we're probably not thinking about as deeply until we are sort of faced yeah. with the the death of a loved one or, you know, mm. the, the, the sort of writing our face. Mm. I kind of even think about how as like a society, like we're so separated from death these days, mm. like even, maybe a hundred years ago, like if you wanted to eat a steak, like an animal had to die. Whereas like now we just get it in this little styrofoam container from the shops and we don't really have to think about this. And I think that we can be so detached from death that we maybe don't think about resurrection and what that actually means. Mm. Uh, Cause we've kind of just separated ourselves from this, this really hard theme
1: in, in a lot of aspects of our life. Well, well, even think of last week. So this time last week, yeah, it was about this time, wasn't it? Chris Thomas was having emergency cardiac surgery now when we stopped the service and said pray for chris i am assuming most people like me prayed for healing for him to get through this no one prayed oh lord pray that chris dies and goes to be with you we we're praying for him to be healed and we've seen answers of prayer because deep down all of us know that, that, that life is meant to be lived this is what god intended yeah. for us even how we treat covid yeah. Why are we wearing masks? Why are we getting vaccinated so people don't die, mm. so that people can be protected yeah. and safe and yeah. live the life that we're supposed to be. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And just another reminder if you have any questions about this passage, feel free to throw them up in the comment section. I want to kind of get a little bit nerdy for a second. Uh, I've had the privilege to get to know Mitch a little bit already, um, and he's a real sporty guy, but when it comes to the Bible, he's a self professed nerd. Would that be fair to say?
1: I, I, I want to be nerd. Wannabe yeah, want to be, nerd. be okay. nerd. Yeah, that's
0: all good. That's all good. We're all want to be nerds here. So. As far as this this letter that that Paul is writing, um, it it was written to a certain group of people at a certain time. What is this context that we're sort of reading this? Um, Because if we just kind of jump into this passage, um, what's, what's Paul actually trying to communicate? What's going on here specifically for this letter?
1: So Thessalonica it has a history in the book of Acts. So in Acts chapter 17, Paul and his companions actually went to Thessalonica. Thessalonica, oh, that's a tongue twister, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, say that oh, three oh, oh, oh. times fast. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, and when he went there, as was his casting, went to a local synagogue and proclaimed Jesus there and a whole bunch of um, God-fearers. So Gentiles that had converted to Judaism became Christians. There were some Jews and a whole bunch of what we'd call pagan Gentiles mm-hmm. came to faith. Now, as typical Paul fashion, wherever Paul went, there was a riot. I, I once heard a joke Um from NT Wright saying, wherever Paul went, there was a right. Wherever I go, I get served tea and biscuits. So <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, as typical Paul fashion, there's a big riot. People are furious about this new faith. And so Paul and Silas, they flee. And they actually capture one of the house church leaders, a guy called Jason, bringing him before the tribunal. And there he's charged with public nuisance and Paul and Silas flee. And so the context of that is, so Paul is writing this letter after he's left the church. Mm. And he's encouraging them. Like part of the, the letter is to encourage them in their faith. They've turned from these dead idols mm. to the living God. And Paul is desperate to go back to them. But they've been prevented by Satan. They've sent Timothy along. And so in, in this part that we've read today, chapter 4, it's, Paul's also giving instructions for how to live a life worthy as this new yeah. Christian, what they're meant to do. But also they have questions. What happens when people die? Mm. What are they supposed to do with that? Yeah. And so I'm going to nerd out a little bit more. Yeah, you Bear with me. No um, nerd out. So in what's called the Greco-Roman worldview, so in Greek-Roman culture is people's view of death, it was mixed. Some people like Plato, they sort of thought that we died and our spirits went to heaven or whatever sort of place you believed in, there was... The, there, there was one view, but there was another view that nothing happened. And so I have, um, this is a quote from, it's from a tombstone yeah. of different, I guess, graves at that time. And one of them said here, this is from a Greek poet, and he wrote, hopes are for the living, the dead are without hope. <laughs> Isn't that cheery? Yeah, that's bleak. That's yeah, bleak. You know? um, and here's another one. Um, it's from another ancient tombstone. It says, I was not, I was I am not, I care not. Yeah. Again, very cheery, yeah. very, very bright. And here's another one. It's a little bit more lighthearted, but it says here, friends who read this, listen to my advice. Mix wine, tie the garlands around your head, drink deep and do not deny pretty girls the sweets of love. When death comes, earth and fire consume everything. Mm. And so hopefully you're getting this picture here that, for some people, death was just, oh, well, our spirits depart and they go into the ether world, wherever that is. Mm. For others, it was just the end. Mm. Enjoy life now because there's nothing beyond the grave. Mm. There is no hope. So some of the context there, Paul is mm. writing in for these, yeah. these Christians here, particularly those with a pagan background. Yeah.
0: For sure. A real culture of despair, I suppose, he's speaking hope into. Mm. That's really cool. Well, look, we we are kind of going a a little bit over time, so we might Mm. sort of just wrap up with this final question, Mm. um, which is for this verse that we've been looking at today, uh, we've kind of looked at the cultural context for then. but As far as for now, what Mm. is the sort of practical implication for us today with a verse like this or a passage like this? Yeah.
1: So I guess for us, it's a reminder that Jesus is king. Paul writes this, this awesome language of Jesus returning. He's coming on the clouds. That's that's how God moves. And what he, he's describing is the arrival of a king. It's the Greek word parousia for coming. Mm. Instead of it being this pagan king or even a god, it's Jesus Christ coming. Mm. And those who are alive at that time, they get to encounter Jesus mm. in the air and they will lead him like a king to ruling the world. And so... For us, it's this reminder, okay, death, it is awful. Mm. We, we cry, we mourn, we lament over the unnatural nature of it. But we don't, we, don't, we have hope, mm. unlike those who have no hope. Mm. And we know that because Jesus is King, Jesus is Lord. One day we'll be resurrected. Mm. One day the King will rule over us. And that's what Paul is pointing us to. Uh, C.S. Lewis, he wrote a book when his wife died. It's called... grief observed and when he originally wrote the book he actually wrote it under a different pen name just Mm. because people wouldn't believe it was c.s lewis writing something so it's just heartfelt and he says here about the death of his wife joy no one ever told me that grief felt so like fear i am not afraid but the sensation is like being afraid The same fluttering in the stomach, the same restlessness, the yawning. I keep on swallowing. At other times, it feels like being mildly drunk or concussed. Mm. There is a sort of invisible blanket between the world and me. I find it hard to take it in what anyone says, or perhaps hard to want to take it in. It is so uninteresting. Yet I want the others to be about me. I dread the moments when the house is empty. If only they would talk to another and not... To me. That's C.S. Lewis. Yeah. Guy, he had such a profound, deep faith. Yet we see here just this raw emotion of death. And the book essentially ends with that there's going to be hope. Mm. One day there will be hope in the resurrection. And so that's what Paul is reminding the, the church at Thessalonica. That's what Paul is reminding us mm. today. Mm. We have hope because Jesus
0: is returning. So good. Well, guys, um, we're going to move on to a reflectional song now, but um, this conversation doesn't actually have to end. We're going to be having a Zoom meeting again, an opportunity to hang out with Mitch after the service today. That link will be up shortly. Um, But Mitch, thanks so much for unpacking this passage
1: to us today. My pleasure.